we're operating in an area that there's a lot of pent-up demand and there's no supply. That's different. You hear a lot of concern in the industry about oversupply. You're listening to Bridge the Gap Season 5, a podcast dedicated to informing, educating, and influencing the future of housing and services for seniors. Powered by sponsors AccuShield, Connected Living, Hamilton Captel, Inquire, One Day, LTC REIT, It's Never Too Late, Meridian Capital Group, Salinity, The Bridge Group Construction, and produced by Salinity Marketing. Welcome to Bridge the Gap Podcast, the Senior Living Podcast with Josh and Lucas. Another exciting conversation on the Bridge the Gap Network while we're in D.C. at the NIC Conference. I want to welcome Arun Paul. You're the founder and CEO of Priya Living. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yes, we're super excited that uh, we're having this opportunity to sit down with you. Uh, you're a new, well, you're not new, but an emerging platform that's very, very specific and also dedicated to improving the lives of older adults, the ones that you serve. And I'm very interested into learning your story and your background. Why senior living? It's a good question. I didn't think I'd be sitting here today uh, at Nick with you both. Uh, Years ago, I wouldn't have seen this. I came from outside the industry. You know, this all started in a very personal place. It was, I was living in San Francisco. Uh, My parents were aging in the same home I grew up in, in Southern California, and I was going back home to visit them. And every time I'd go, I'd see that, you know, they were a bit older, a bit older. I'm an only child, so I think for me, that's also added something which was you know if I don't do something uh, no one no one else will so you know it didn't even start as a business it was you know Priya 1.0 was I was going to buy a duplex in San Francisco close to where I lived and I was going to have my parents move in with their best friends so two couples living you know having each other and then I'm close by Um, and that was it that was that was going to be the end of the story so I started down that path, and almost immediately I start getting calls from uh, their friends and friends of their friends that would call and say, I, I hear you're, you know, doing something. How, how, many, how many apartments are there? Um, you know, where is it? How big is this? That was how this whole thing got started. I mean, I, uh, I think that was the first time where I realized this was a lot bigger than just my family. That was, that was, that was the beginning. What an interesting story that I've got to know a lot more of, but, but <laughs> there's way more details <laughs> than that. That's details, the beginning. <laughs> but I, I want to know, go backwards just a little bit. I mean, so you started at this point, but prior to even that, what, what were you doing prior to senior housing? Yeah. So right at that point and what I had been doing for many years prior to that was I was in the resort business. Okay. So I was building resorts, I was operating resorts, and it was as fun as it sounds. You know, I really enjoyed it. I wasn't looking to do anything different, but you know, so so that was really my experience. It was it was hospitality. But, you know, I, I think there are a lot of parallels, you know, with, with senior senior housing now that I look back. So even though it was outside the industry, I guess you could say. It, it, you know, I think I think there's a lot of a lot of things that are similar. Yeah. So now, fast forward, you saw the need of your parents. You don't really have any ambition of building necessarily senior communities, but all of a sudden the demand starts coming to your doorstep. 
I mean, take us on a little bit of the journey because Priya's like 13 years old. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. So on that 13-year journey, I mean, what what has it been like and what progression did you go from, okay, I'll I'll build maybe one of these to, okay, now I just want to build a lot of them all over the country? That didn't happen overnight. Yeah, yeah. Well, of those 13 years, there were probably, you know, the first three we hadn't done a thing. I was working to make this happen, but, you know, at the beginning it was hard. I mean, there were a lot of questions about this was, a, you know, a new idea. You know, there were a lot of questions in places like this about is this going to work? Is there a need? Why do you feel like you need to do this? I mean, there were, there were a lot of questions. So, you know, the beginning it was uh, not easy for sure. I, I didn't give up. I was stubborn, you know, I, I felt like, you know, we, I felt really strongly about it. We opened our first community in 2013, and um, that is a, a community in Santa Clara. We acquired an existing multifamily building and then renovated it, and that was, I guess you could say, our proof of concept. Um, and my parents moved in, the thing filled up. You know, at the time, it was really a, a one-person show. I mean, I was uh, you know, going to pick up lunch for folks at at the restaurant and, you know, dropping people off at the airport and doing all those things. And then slowly, you know, we, we, we got to our, our second community and then our third community. But, you know, from the beginning, I did really deeply feel that this was going to be much, much bigger than one community. I mean, I, I just knew that, but, you know, it took, it took, it took a long time for that to, to manifest itself. I think most significantly for us, I mean, you know, in the last uh, two years, you know, we, we entered into a partnership with, uh, with Well Tower and, uh, and are now expanding nationally and have, you know, development sites in multiple states. Wow. And um, I can say it's finally, after all these years, it feels like, you know, taken off. What a great success story. Um, so what would you say is Priya's secret sauce? What makes you guys special? What, what's a little bit different about you guys that separates you from um, Nick players that are here with us today? Well, I guess, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things. I think the one that's most obvious to people is, you know, we, we are serving an underserved demographic, right? I think uh, the senior living industry has not done a good job of serving people of color. Um, there has been no focus on it. Um, and frankly, I think from a lot of people, there was just a lack of understanding that there's a need for this. That's really the starting point. I, you know, if you look at the demographics of the U.S., there's this phenomenon that's been called the browning of the graying of America, which is obviously people understand the graying part, people understand the browning part, but you know, you put them together and, you know, the fastest growing segments of the U.S. population are elderly immigrants. You know, that's, that's, that's one part of it is just from a strategy standpoint. But, you know, I think beyond that, I mean, we, we take a lot of pride in creating communities that feel very joyful, very uplifting. Um, you know, we bring design principles in from, you know, the hospitality industry, for example. You know, we very intentionally, you know, wanted to create places that make people happy. And it's not, you know, there's that perception of senior living that's out there, right? And um, I think for us, 
you know, we, we wanted to go the extra mile in trying to change that. Largely because, you know, in the beginning, because there were so many questions about what we were doing, I think we felt like we had to do more. So I think what makes us different is, is all, of those, all of those things. Well, that's really exciting um, and something that I know our listeners are going to love to hear more about. Um, I'm curious, so obviously this started for you, as you told us, really with, okay, mom and dad need a place. Obviously, you weren't doing feasibility studies and all these kind of things, and you were you want them close to you. Where, so now that it's a sophisticated, well-capitalized uh, machine, so to speak, where you're developing, you're acquiring, it, do you think your approach to finding underserved areas um, how is that different that process may be different than what a traditional developer that's going out and either getting uh, just your typical feasibility study and looking for market rate demand are there other characteristics you're looking for in a market that determine whether you're going to acquire there or build there versus a traditional developer that's here at, at nick sure sure well you know we we focus on MSAs that have uh, that are diverse, and then within those MSAs, we focus on neighborhoods that are diverse. Um, I would say that's probably a different approach than what most people here are doing. So we go out very intentionally looking for those uh, looking for those areas. I think yes, I think um, you know that that's that's different than um, the conventional sure. you know, the conventional approach. Yeah. Well, does that also mean, um, curious, so when you're tapping into underserved market, does that mean that these are market rate? Or are you having to do creative models? Are you also hitting middle market? Or are you hitting uh, lower part of the market? Like, is that tied any part to income status either? Or is it just other means of underserved? Yeah, no, I, I, our, our, uh, our product is market rate. You know, this demographic is affluent. Okay. Right. I mean, actually, our this this demographic is is actually in terms of income levels, mm-hmm. you know, has the highest income levels of any group in the U.S. So, uh, highly educated, high levels of income. Um, so it's a it's a market rate. It's a premium. Uh, it's a premium product. But look, the need exists across the board. You know, I I think there's even within this this one area that we're serving, there's a need for all. All segments, right? I mean, it's sure. it's um, it's big enough to support all those segments. So the hospitality background you've had developing resorts, how much has that played an influential part of what you're actually designing and building today? Yeah, it's it's huge. You know, I uh, I spent time in the hospitality industry both as a developer and operator, mostly on the development side, but also on the operation side. But when I was on the development side. I had the good fortune of working with some of the leading players, really the leading brands in hospitality. Um, and look, in the resort business, you, your goal is to create a place where people are happy. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what you do, right. right? And I think for me, that was certainly you know influenced how how we went about it. I'll also say, you know, I think and and look, this is not a knock on the industry, but. You know, if you take a look at, for example, hospitality or even retail, concept development is much more sophisticated, right? In other 
areas you're seeing that people understand how to emotionally connect with consumers, right? And how to make, how to make people happy, right? And um, so that's an area that I think, you know, we in the industry have some work, have some work we should do. I mean, I think this idea, and again, it's like, you know, just, it shouldn't be that people's association of senior living is, is negative, right? I mean, that's just right. the starting point. It, we got to turn that thing around, right? And, um, and so that's, I, th- I think that's where, you know, some of these other industries we can, we can certainly learn from. Well, Lucas, I think he's being extremely kind yes. to our industry. Uh, we can do a lot better job. We talked about that a lot. And what a great example that Priya's pushing our industry, pulling our industry into what maybe is a little bit of an uncomfortable zone because we're not that familiar. It's uncharted territory. So what a great model. When it comes through in a lot of your branding and your marketing, talk to us about how, um, obviously, there's a deep cultural association here. Um, How are you programming that into the real estate, the lifestyle, the making them happy while they're there, your marketing and your branding? It doesn't look and feel like a standard senior living website even. Um, talk to th- us through some of that. We think about everything. We, 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 when, you, when you walk into a community, you know, what do you see? A lot of people think about that. Um, what do you hear? You know, maybe some people don't think about that. What do you smell? You know, what, what are your five senses telling you? I think it goes to everything. It, it's, it's, it's the music. It's the playlist. It's, um, it's the books in the library. Um, you know, it's when you do offsite trips, where are you going? Uh, does your staff have like language skills, right? I mean, there's so many ways that you can customize. Um, and you know, what we, what we call it is there's the hardware and the software, right? I mean, our hardware is not all that different than, you know, other people, but it's really in the software, which is, you know, the, the staffing, the, you know, the, the music, the books, all those things, right? And so, um, so we look at each of everything that the resident sees as an opportunity to convey to them that you know we're paying attention, we're you know we care. So I mean, it's it's that list is just infinite, right? You can, you know, I can walk into a community and like, you know, it's 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 at every level you can you can change things, right? So you're getting quite a bit of experience under your belt as far as time, proving this model out, proof of concept as you referred to it, um, more acquisitions, more developments. I'm curious with this uh, unique model that you're really targeting, are you feeling some of the same pressures that traditional uh, senior developer operators are experiencing as far as you know, we talk about occupancy. We're talking more about labor right now, I think, in most circles than we are occupancy. But do you do you feel like you're experiencing those same things, or because of your specific targeting, has that given you certain advantages in those areas over traditional concepts? We're just as vulnerable as as anyone else to things like construction costs and uh, labor costs. I mean, you know, those are things everyone's dealing with. But I think. What, what's different is, yes, from a supply-demand standpoint, you know, we're, we're operating in an area that 
there's a lot of pent-up demand and there's no supply. Mm. That's different. You hear a lot of concern in the industry about oversupply. Right. Right. And what what I think of is, you know, we collectively are sitting on this enormous untapped market, not just with our demographic, but across the board where there's a number of very, very large groups here in the U.S. that don't have access to senior housing and would, would like to have access to senior housing and are willing to pay for it. Yeah. You know, the oversupply concern, I just, I think there's an easy fix here if we make that effort. Yeah. Well, I think it's a really interesting um, conversation because I think so often we talk about uh, meeting demands of underserved, but I think we're typically maybe uh, referring or inferring that that has to do just with economic status. And it's kind of like, oh, so we just kind of, well, we can't fix that, you know. Um, but what I've kind of heard you revealing here is that actually this has nothing to do with economic status. This is this is something totally different. These are some of the most affluent, educated these are just untapped markets that we haven't strategically said we're going to meet your specific need of what your preferences are to make a happy place for you, uh, just like you did in the resort business. You, you designed something, an experience, and something around a specific audience that wanted to experience that in that way. So I think that's a conversation, and I'm just wondering how many more of these untapped audiences are out there that isn't just based on an, an economic situation. It's uh, more just the preferences or the lifestyle or, or whatever group you come from. So uh, thank you for kind of stretching our, our, our minds out a little bit in that extent. It's, it's pretty fascinating. And I'll, I'll add to that that, you know, I, I think what we're what we do, it's, it's part of what, I, what I'll call affinity, affinity housing, right? I mean, and you can think of affinity in so many different ways, right? It's not just culture, right? I mean, it's where did you go to school? It's do you like golf? It's do you like to drink wine? I mean, these are all affinity groups. It's, it's veterans, right? It's, sure. it's LGBT, LGBT, right? Mm -hmm. it's, I mean, there are so many different ways to think about that and... You know, I think, for example, I mean, if you turn on your TV today, you've got like, you know, 700 channels and you could watch a channel on, I mean, if you like to fish, there's a channel for that, right? But, you know, senior living is kind of like TV back in the 50s, right? You got, you got three channels, right? You know, I, I look at cable TV and I'm like, yeah, there's a channel for it. So that's, I think, the opportunity for senior living. Uh, that one, that's really exciting. And we've talked about this a lot. We've kind of beat around the bush, but I think you've just like surgically inserted what I think a lot of people are talking around in the industry. And we haven't really known how to describe it. I think the channel illustration is really good. And I mean, you're right. I think even the three of us at this table, we've probably got all very unique interests, circles we run in, things that we enjoy doing, lifestyles and all that. And we're doing that right now to the best of our abilities so why just because we're aging all of a sudden do we go from our 700 channel lifestyle to mm -hmm. the three channel lifestyle it doesn't it doesn't seem like that's what i want to have lived my entire life 
to be experiencing there. So what a great illustration. Lucas, Yeah, this is fun. We want to be around whiskey drinkers when we're 90. <laughs> I mean, that's just the bottom line. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no. Margaritaville. There we go. There you go. <laughs> there that's you go. right. There is a place that we will be I happy. love that. I love. I do love Margaritaville, by the way. So yeah. It's, it's a great. We totally need Whiskeyville. Concept. Why can't we get Whiskeyville? <laughs> yeah. Anyville. That'd be yeah. great. Okay, great. Well, Arun, you know, Thank you for spending time with us today. We know that you're very busy. Uh, we've had a lot of fun uh, having this conversation with you. And I know our listeners are going to want to learn more and connect and be a part of this conversation. And the best way to do that is go to btgvoice.com. You can download this episode and more. Connect with us on social. And we'll also connect Arun and all of his organizations in the show notes. And it's going to be great if you want to learn more information. Thank you for your time today. That was a lot of fun. Was Thank fun. you, guys. Thank you. And thanks to all of our listeners for listening to another great episode of Bridge the Gap. Thanks for listening to Bridge the Gap podcast with Josh and Lucas. Connect with the BTG Network team and use your voice to influence the industry by connecting with us at btgvoice.com.